All right, welcome to Eleven Dubcast. I'm Colin Cowherd uh, here with Michael Wilbon. I think uh, who bigger biggest choker, uh, Hitler in Russia in 1943, or Steph Curry's ankle? Uh, your take. What do you what do you think of that? <laughs> I think it's definitely got to be Steph Curry's ankle and knee now. Uh, oh my oh, god, oh, yeah, ankle and knee. That's right. No, sorry, no sorry, clutch, sorry. No clutch gene. Yeah. Department. No question. No question. No question. Um, <laughs> I'm John, I'm John Againer. I am Tim Shoemaker. And uh, unfortunately, we're not we're not the uh, illuminaries or luminaries from um, Fox Sports. Uh, instead, this is Eleven Dubcast, and <laughs> we're gonna do our post draft special. This is kind of a I guess it's kind of a weird one scheduling wise because, like you know, we were gonna go monthly and we are gonna go monthly. We'll probably have one maybe towards the end of of May here, but you know, we always want to do one after the draft just to make sure that everybody you know, gets their fill of, of draft coverage because we really didn't talk about it a lot on the site recently. So I want to make sure that we can cover the Dubcast. By the way, 11 Dubcast, first of all, a couple things we want you to do. We want you to go on the site and check out our dry goods store because that is what helps fund all of these amazing things. So please check it out, uh, especially, you know, Mother's Day coming up. You get a, get a nice little Afro Duck shirt for your mom or, or really any number of things. There's a lot of, I mean, well, okay, I've got a whole rant save for that but but later all i'm saying is we got a lot of quality stuff your mom especially if she's an osu fan might greatly appreciate it so you know go ahead and check it out uh the other thing is to also subscribe on itunes to the 11 dubcast so all right now that all that's out of the way um we shook our jimmies out a little bit <laughs> you got yours out yeah yeah i got mine out i'm sorry tim i've been talking over you this entire time I don't have- uh Okay, so we got the draft. The draft was obviously a huge big deal. Ohio State had a gajillion people drafted in the first four rounds. And I, I don't know if that set a record in the first four rounds or not. Either that or it tied it. But it was a lot. It was a lot of dudes. Did you expect that many guys to go that early? Uh, yes, <laughs> I did. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> you know, the guys who uh, went in the first four rounds, there are all 12 of them. Uh, right. pretty much projected. I mean, maybe, maybe there were one or two that, that kind of got drafted in the fourth or the third or fourth round that maybe I was like, Oh, they could have fallen to the fifth or something. But uh, for for the most part, um, I think the, the 12 guys that got picked there in the first four rounds were, were, were pretty much right on with, with most of the projections. I think the guys that uh, the two guys that went undrafted, uh, Tyvis Powell, Jalen Marshall, I think, uh, were maybe later round picks projected by most. So it was kind of surprising mm-hmm. that they didn't get picked. But I think for the, the 12 guys who went early kind of went right where they were supposed to go. You know what? I actually want to start with the UDFAs because mm-hmm. – so, okay. So I wanted Tyvis Powell to get drafted just for the experience of Tyvis Powell getting drafted, right. right? Like I just wanted to see that happen, although I'm really happy he ended up in Seattle. I think that's awesome. But – Let's be honest. Were you at least a little? Did you chuckle a little to yourself when uh, Jalen Marshall didn't get drafted? Were you just like a little bit, like, <laughs> you know, to yourself under your breath uh, when that happened? Uh, I mean, if if there were, if you had to, if I had to pick one player for, that was that wasn't going to get drafted, like if you told me I had to put money on one guy from this Ohio State class that wasn't going to get drafted, it would have been on Jalen Marshall. So like, yeah. it also wasn't a huge surprise to me that he. Didn't, I, I mean, I guess I was a little surprised that he that he didn't get drafted, but like he was the one I would have picked if if I had to do that. So uh, I think 
On a personal level or on a professional? No, I mean both. (laughs) People say, you know, I mean, Jalen Marshall is what he is. He's he's a five foot, uh, you know, eleven wide receiver return man, and he's not going to play, you know, on the outside in the NFL at least at least right away. He's he's pretty much a slot guy and a return guy, and he didn't have a ton of production in college uh, just because he had only played for two years and and. You know, you certainly think a guy like that would have benefited from coming back to school for another year, but uh, obviously yeah. didn't do that and, and went undrafted. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I think maybe that speaks to a guy who really just does not enjoy college <laughs> to a certain extent. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a little bit of hubris there. I Again, I wanted Tyvis to get drafted, but I think where he ended up, the Seahawks, you can't ask for a better situation. I think that's really great for him, at least – I don't know what their personnel is like, frankly. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't do the research yeah. no, on Seattle Seahawks defensive backs, but I mean, I think I think everyone knows that you know their starting secondary is really good, but I, I, like like you, I don't have a clue who the backup safeties are. Really, I any I don't even know who the backup safeties are for my favorite team, let alone you know. Uh, who is your favorite team, by the way? Let's talk about that uh, before we get into the actual actual draft team. Can I plead the fifth on, on my favorite professional? No, you can't. Team? Okay, yeah, no. I'm a Browns fan, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. So, uh, I now, how how do you think they drafted? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna, are you going to give me the Browns fan response, which is amazing? No, see, I I don't think it was amazing. Uh, right. Which is, you know, Browns fans think that they you know hit a home run every time that the draft goes yes. around, but uh, I was a little underwhelmed by it. Uh, as I, but you, here's the thing about me, Johnny, is is I'm kind of. Uh, I've kind of distanced myself from Browns fan. They, they've upset me too much uh, <laughs> within the last like five years that I just kind of have no uh, emotional feeling toward them in any way. So like, I just don't really care anymore how the Browns you finally reached the Nirvana yeah. that all Bengals fans reached in the late nineties. Yeah. Oh, I put, I put myself on probation two years ago. And, and what, what I do <laughs> is I don't, I, I don't read much. I don't pay attention to really anything that they do. Uh, I don't go out of my way to do that. Uh, I sit there and I will watch them for three hours on Sunday if I can. Uh, I usually turn the game off. Or I try to watch it for three hours, but I usually turn the game off somewhere in the first quarter when they're down, you know, right. 21 to, to three and end up losing 35 to six every week. So I, I and then I just get on with my day. I don't I don't get mad about it. I don't worry about it. I don't stress over it. It's just I watched a terrible football team and then I, you know, I I just go on with my life. Uh, and I think that that's the best way to approach it. And, you know, it, it, I, I'm not that's poetry, dude. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to invest in the Browns until they do something competent and they have to, right. You know, and that, that sounds like a, I, I don't know me, you know, taking a stand against the Browns or whatever, but like, I, I'm just sick of, I was just, I just got so fed up with how, how terrible of a franchise it is. So uh, I don't right. really care how they drafted. I mean, I, I wasn't, I'll tell you this, I wasn't happy that they like traded down three times in the first round or whatever it was and like acquired, acquired all these. <laughs> the joke I made about it was that I hope they just kept trading down so they had all the picks of the last two rounds. Yeah. Like that would have been amazing. Yeah, like uh, it's just like it's a great theory and like it would work for good franchises who draft well, but like we all know the Browns aren't that <laughs> aren't that franchise. So right. if these players, you know, actually prove to be good, like great, but I'm not going to get excited about the Browns taking Carl Massive. Like that's just not going to, you know, he's not a, he's not going to do it for me. So right. uh, whatever. Well, RIP Pat Max. Um, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all Browns, you know, all people says they were the Browns, I guess. 
But, you know, it, so here's the thing. And, and I was hoping that the players from Ohio State would have gotten either drafted by, not necessarily the Browns, because I don't wish that upon anyone, but I wanted the Bengals to pick up somebody from Ohio State. And I was really pulling for Braxton Miller to go to the Bengals, because I, the Bengals are actually semi-competent at this point. Yeah. And given that they've got a good quarterback, I don't care what all the other Bengals fans say who are stupid and insane. Like Andy Dalton is an excellent quarterback, especially in the NFL that you have now. But um, to add Braxton Miller to that would have been awesome. And they mixed, they missed out on him by like two picks. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of PO'd about that. But, you know, where they did end up, I think, were in general decent spots for these guys. I mean, we I want to work backwards on this. So let's start with Cardale Jones. So he was the last guy picked out of the twelve. And you have the Buffalo Bills. What? How do you think that works out for him? Because I honestly, like, I know that's that they're obviously a team in flux. They just, you know, they got the new coach and whatnot. Yeah. Um, how do you think it's going to work out for him? Do you think he's going to go crazy up there in Buffalo? Uh, I mean, Cardale Jones is not a, you know, I don't think he's a rookie starter, uh, no matter where he right. went. Um, so I think he's kind of a developmental project, no matter where he goes. But you know, he goes to a franchise in Buffalo where, you know, they they could. I, I don't know who the quarterback is in Buffalo. Like, do they have a good quarterback that, that, you know, <laughs> firmly has a grasp on the job? Like could Cardale Jones, you know, after this season, maybe where he, you know, gets his feet wet as a rookie, as a backup, you know, could he compete for a starting job in year two if he developed fully? I mean, uh, unless they sign some, you know, or, or draft a quarterback again in the first, early rounds next year or something like uh, to me, the job seems like it could be there for the taking in, in a year or two yeah. for him. So I think that's a pretty good fit. He's got a really good wide receiver in Sammy Watkins there. And, you know, it could be a, could be a good situation for him. But, he, you know, yeah. he, he's such a mystery that, you know, it could go either way, really. Well, right. And here's the thing. Like, I actually, I mean, first of all, Bra- and, and, and we would be remiss if we didn't point out that Cardell had by far the best reaction to being drafted <laughs> of anybody in the draft. Yeah. I honestly, look, I mean, if I got drafted in the NFL, I would definitely be ripping my shirt off pretty much in any venue. I think that's an incredibly appropriate reaction. I would have done the same thing that he did, probably. And, like, maybe I would have taken the champagne instead of, like, his friends who were there <laughs> and just, like, started pouring it into my mouth. But, you know, I would have done the same kind of thing had I just been, you know, drafted into the NFL. Like, that's the cool thing. I, I, I also respect a dude who has a draft party where it's literally just him and his friends screaming at the television. Yeah, like, that's all. That's exactly. I would have watched it with, like, three friends or whatever, like – and just, you know, to see your name get drafted, and then I would have just, like, went crazy and... and right. Completely lost your mind. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think Cardell Jones, I think he's in a good situation. It'll be interesting to see how he develops, because you're right, he has a huge mystery. I mean, nobody really knows how much of what he can do translates to the NFL. It was such a weird situation last year. I mean, I know there's a lot of tape on him, and some, but he's got the measurables, and, and frankly, the measurables are enough for a fourth-round draft pick in the NFL. Like, if you've got a rocket arm and you're a big dude, then they don't give a crap. As long, you know, it, right. I mean, he proved it. I mean, you can win a national championship with the guy. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's going to be an interesting one to see develop, I think. Yeah, I will say this. I, I wonder if, if, you know, I think Buffalo is a good fit because there's there's a chance that he could play there, maybe not in year yeah. one, but, but I also wonder – you know, had he been drafted by a team with a franchise quarterback who maybe was at the end of his, nearing the end of his career or something like, maybe if he went to, you know, say Dallas instead of if Buffalo, where right, he had right. to sit behind Tony Romo for for two or three years, uh, you know, maybe that would have worked for him too. So, there, but it, it all really just depends on Cardale and how he develops because he's he's such a he's such a wild card in this thing. 
Yeah, and well, I and I really hope that he just becomes stupid successful too. Like I want him to be ridiculously good, just because that would be very funny to me. But also because you know I, I would want to see that guy succeed, just because of the weird up and down kind of stuff that he went through at Ohio State. That was an un unbelievable story. Yeah. So yeah, I. The, the, that's sure. we're gonna have to write. Somebody's gonna write a long, long, yeah. long story about that, and that's gonna be one really interesting thing to to get a hold of. Absolutely. All right, the next two guys we got Josh Perry who went to the San Diego Chargers, which I think is a good spot for him, mm-hmm. and Nick Vanette who went to the Seattle Seahawks, and I know that you know he'll probably be used up there. It, that'll be interesting actually, especially Vanette, just because. Again, you you talk about tight ends being underutilized in a lot of ways at Ohio State, but I honestly think that he is a dude who might find a lot of NFL success, Yeah, uh, maybe in the way that Jake Ballard did for a little bit uh, with the Giants. So I think that'll be an interesting guy to keep an eye on, too, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, the Seahawks are obviously one of the top teams in the NFL, and I know uh, I remember hearing, like, a couple uh, Seahawks fans were, were kind of upset because I think they have – I mean, they have Jimmy Graham and they have another tight end there, but I believe that yeah. they're – Backup tight end is in the final year of his contract, so seems like Venette is going to come in and, and you know maybe not this year, but next year be at least the you know the number two tight end there. And I think that yeah, being the heir apparent is not a bad position right. Yeah, to be exactly. In the NFL, yeah. if you got a couple years to develop, you're with a you're with a franchise quarterback. You're in a you know a, a good uh, a good place, a successful franchise here of late. And you know anytime you go to a winning team, that's a good fit, I think, for a a, a player to come in. Uh, to a situation right. and you know Josh Perry Joshua Perry the same kind of thing I think he could have probably been successful really anywhere he goes uh, you know I was talking to a couple uh, draft analysts before the drafts and they were like yeah you know he, Perry was one of their favorite players to watch because they're like he's just so just under the radar just does his job does everything he's going to be he's going to be drafted somewhere in the second third fourth round and be in the league for eight to ten years just as a, as a starting linebacker he may never, <laughs> right he may, which is not a bad deal no, I mean, I mean, he, he may never awesome. make a pro bowl he may never you know do anything like that but he's going to be a, a long-time starter i think in the nfl and and you know make millions of dollars uh playing football for for the next decade and then just go on and probably run some kind of fortune 500 company or something <laughs> right right uh, okay, Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller, Houston Texans, 85th pick. Uh, gets to get the ball thrown at him by Brock Osweiler. But I got to tell you something. Okay, people get injured in the NFL, right? right. Sometimes you got to go to your second string guy. Sometimes you got to go to your third string guy. Guess who's sitting there at third string? Who's that? On the Texans. Who is that? I don't know. Good old, good old, you would be very familiar with this guy as a Browns fan. Uh, I mean, I thought. I, uh... I don't know. He, got, he signed a two-year four. I'm, I'm looking at. I'm not. This is not off the top of my head. He signed a two-year four million dollar contract on April first, twenty sixteen. Brandon Kyle Weed, oh. the third string quarterback <laughs> for the Houston Texans. So there is the a NFL. definite possibility <laughs> that Raxton Miller will make him look semi competent for a series and a half. Braxton Miller, so that should be Braxton Miller catching passes from Brandon Wheaton is just yeah. something I did not think that would be <laughs> happening in 2016. Yeah. Bad. Uh, no, um, I will, let me say this about the, the Texans. You mentioned the Bengals earlier, and I think that that would have obviously been a, a good fit for him. The, the Texans offense now is like super intriguing because they already have one of the best receivers in the NFL there, DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Uh, right. They drafted Will Fuller from Notre Dame. 
before they yeah they were going for speed man like like, i think they realized that they had the right they've got the competent wideout right they got the wide the the wide receiver is like really really great and now they want to bring in the the skill not the skill but the talent guys the the athlete athlete guys. i I know they lost uh arian foster as a running back but like they they still have uh they still have two decent backs i think there and and now with fuller and brexit miller you know Will Fuller was arguably the fastest guy in the draft at wide receiver. Right. Braxton Miller is one of them. Uh, to go with DeAndre Hopkins, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, like that's like automatically going to be my team in Madden. I, I can. I, I, look, I think Braxton Miller, and I, I really hate going all in on these guys and saying like this guy's definitely going to do this because I don't really know how guys are going to pan out in the NFL. Yeah. But Braxton Miller has to be one of the best athletes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I know he's not the fastest dude in the draft, but his shuttle time and all that other stuff, he was just destroying people. He is so quick, and his hips, like, just snap. Yeah. Like, he's so fast on that stuff. And I cannot think of a reason why that doesn't apply to the NFL, at least somehow. As long as he can, like, not, like, as long as he can avoid gator arms mm-hmm. and worry about getting hit, he is going to destroy dudes just with his, his quickness alone. Like, he's just so ridiculous in the open field. Um, and I got to think that, you know, Houston Texans will be a little bit more creative than than Tim Beck. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, finding ways to get the ball. Yeah, I've always said that with with Braxton is is he has uh, like on any any player I've covered here over the last few years, he has an, an uncanny ability to make just defenders look stupid in the open field. Yeah. Like unlike really any player I've seen in college football, and you know, there's plenty of guys who who have made that that transition from from quarterback to, to wide receiver in the NFL and have had successful careers. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it is a huge learning curve and he's got a long, long way to go, I think. But, you know, as far as natural athleticism and all of that, you know, there's no questions there, but, but, you know, playing wide receiver in the NFL is a challenge. I, will he be, I have no idea. He's like Cardale. I, I have no idea how Braxton is going to be in the NFL. Uh, it's, it's super, super interesting though, uh, yes. what he's done. And I think, him making that decision to to play wide receiver this past season at Ohio State was the best thing he could have done. Now he he he's got at least one year of experience doing stuff like that under his belt before he goes to the NFL. And you know he he could be uh, you know he could be a weapon in the NFL. Uh, he could you know my my the big concern with Braxton for me is, is he got hurt a lot in college and and right. You know, those are some big dudes in the NFL yeah. who run yeah. very, very fast. So, you know, can he stay healthy is, is uh, you know, question one A I have and, and one B is, is, you know, how does he, how does he continue to develop at, at a new position? Yeah, I, I think I, I'm 100% with you on that. And it is going to be a test for just physically, because especially coming off an injury, even if it's, you know, obviously not, particularly relevant to the position that he plays now, I think that's still going to make some people wary. And, you know, it's going to be, it'll be very telling, I think, after that first gigantic hit that he takes, how he reacts. I mean, he's not been a guy to shy away from contact, but he also hasn't been hit, you know, by an NFL linebacker yet. So, yeah. Uh, All right. So we got to, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. We're 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 off well, we're off Braxton onto the next one now. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to I want to talk about Adolphus Washington real quick. Not necessarily because I'm so intrigued by him going to the Buffalo Bills at pick eighty, but like apparently he's bros with Fifty Cent. That's cool. <laughs> Why can't I? How like? Uh, I don't know how one becomes bros with Fifty Cent. I know. But Adolphus Washington figured it out, and I'm I'm a little jealous. I want to know how that happens. Yeah. I mean, that's 
there were two people I did not expect to see in a photo together over draft weekend. <laughs> it might have been Adolphus Washington and 50 Cent at a draft party right. in Cincinnati, Ohio. But, uh, <laughs> it's like Jake Orbach and 50 Cent. Yeah, hanging right. Out. Like, yeah. it, just, it doesn't seem like that would fit. Yeah, I mean, I whatever. <laughs> they, became, they became homies at some point or something, but uh, it was it – was, you know, surprising and, and, you know, all the power to, to, to 50 Cent for, for, you know, making an appearance at Adolphus Washington's draft party. That's right. Uh, Von Bell's with the Saints. Michael Thomas is also with the Saints. That will be interesting, mostly because I think, look, people talk about Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is in serious decline. I don't know how much Michael Thomas is helped by having Drew Brees as his quarterback. I mean, I get it. Drew Brees is great, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that that's going to help him demonstrably over a guy like maybe Brock Osweiler or whatever. Uh, Von Bell should be interesting too. I mean, especially given the system that New Orleans has. So I don't know. What, what how do you feel about those two guys going the Saints? Uh, yeah, I I uh, I'm kind of with you. I I think you know Breeze is obviously a, I think a Hall of Fame quarterback, and I don't know how many years he has left. And I think they yeah. I don't know if they. Have, they might need to start looking for a, the heir apparent maybe here uh, in, a, in a year or two. But I think that, you know, if 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 he's right, if uh, if they get the, the right pieces around him, I think Thomas could be successful down there. I think he's going to be a successful NFL wide receiver uh, throughout his career. I just think he has that kind of skill set to, to do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Drew Brees. Like if this were three years ago, maybe, uh, it, I think it's a perfect fit. Uh, I don't know how much – Right now, Drew Brees plays at that that Pro Bowl level. Uh, you know, just right. just he he's getting up there, and and you know that happens that that happens a lot. But you know, maybe he has kind of a a, a resurgence or something this season, and and you know, it's a it's a fun offense. It's a you know a high, usually a high powered offense down there in New Orleans. So I think Michael Thomas could be a could be a really really good fit uh, in New Orleans this season, and maybe uh, maybe down the road with whoever. Uh, takes over at quarterback there. Um, defensively, I think Von Bell is, you know, he's a he's a he's a playmaker man. He he made plays uh, for Ohio State for for the last two seasons, and kind of him and Darren Lee, I think, were the two guys who who and Joey Bosa, I guess, defensively when when you needed to play to change the game for Ohio State, uh, it, it seemed to be one of those three guys every time. And I think uh, right. I think Von has some some holes in his game as, as do a lot of guys coming into the league. But uh, I think he, he, uh, I, I think he's a very good cover safety and I think he could be a, you know, like a lot of these guys, a long time NFL starter. And, uh, you know, I don't know what his ceiling is or any of that. I'm not a guy who you know, projects things like that, but uh, I think he can play in the, uh, in the NFL for, for a number of years. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Von Bell just maybe in terms of sheer athleticism has been like, had NFL written all over him since day one, but I am curious, I guess, to see how some of the defensive players that were selected from Ohio State in the draft pan out in general, because I feel like, you know, you watch these guys week in and week out, and you acknowledge that they are incredible athletes and things like that, but maybe it's just because of the nature of being an Ohio State fan, but we're always looking for the bad, right? You know, we always try to be like, I could have done this better, things like that. I don't know that any of the dudes that I've seen in the draft, I mean, Eli Apple, Darren Lee, Bomb Bell, uh, Joshua Perry, you know, I don't, you know, even Joey Bosa, I don't look at those guys and go, yes, they are infallible. These guys are 100% every single play going to make the right play. And I've seen that a couple of times. I mean, there's been a couple of players at Ohio State defensively where I'm like, yes, this person is can't miss. On the other hand, 
one of the guys who I said that was the case, which was AJ Hawk. He had a good NFL career, mm-hmm. but certainly wasn't you know any kind of game changer. Or anything. He, he had a decent NFL career, but nothing really beyond that. So maybe athleticism is more important than one hundred percent consistency. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's projecting how people are going to be in the it's that's it's so hard to do and, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. You you just don't know and. and that's the big part about I, I get a kick out of when all these people debate about how there's no way this guy's going to be a great player in the NFL and, and <laughs> this guy's going right. to be a, a multiple time Pro Bowler. You don't really you don't really ever ever know until you see him play in the NFL. Then you can kind of get a, a a gauge a better gauge on on how they fit into the NFL game. Because I mean, you know, we, we, it always goes back to the Browns, but uh, we, you know, t- two years ago, the Browns took a cornerback with the eighth overall pick and the guy can't even get on the field uh, <laughs> and, and two years later. And, and right. you know, he was supposed to be, you know, they, they, it was, there, there was this great theory out there that they were going to draft a corner to go opposite Joe Hayden. And it was just going to be, you weren't going to be able to throw on the Browns. And then the guy can't even like, can't even return kicks properly. Like right. he doesn't play. So it, you just really just never, never know. Yep. And so that's okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. So we've got, you know, Darren Lee coming in in the first round. He was the last pick of the first round from Ohio state. Darren Lee is a guy who I, I actually think is going to have maybe the highest chance of having a really solid NFL career out of pretty much any of these guys. I, I just think, I don't know, I think he's one of the most, and granted, he was he was drafted in the first round. I still think he was one of the most underappreciated players in the draft, at least in terms of his overall athleticism and what he's able to do. I, I just think he fits in perfectly with what people expect out of that position in today's NFL. I, I think he's a guy who can be really valuable in a lot of ways, a lot of non-traditional ways at linebacker. And I think he's going to have a great NFL career because of that. Yeah. I think with Darren, uh, with the defensive guys that Ohio state had drafted, I think Darren has probably the highest NFL ceiling. And the fact that he's got so much, he's already, he was already a really good player at Ohio state and, Obviously, it was a first-round draft pick. He's expected to be a really good player in the NFL, but like people forget, like he's been playing linebacker for two and a half years now. Like, right. <laughs> he's got right. so much more room to grow, uh, and and I do think that the game is is changing uh, more and more. And they're getting, you know, the NFL is shifting more to the uh, you know speedy. Maybe a little. Uh, Darren Darren doesn't like when when people call him undersized, but he's a little bit undersized <laughs> for a linebacker. So like, yeah, but he's faster than any was faster than any linebacker at the combine in the 40 yard dash. Like it's changing and changing, uh, I think a little bit. And, you know, there's certainly room, you know, if you're a bigger linebacker, like Joshua Perry is a massive linebacker. Like there's still room for you in the NFL. It's just, it's just different. And I I think Darren Lee has a lot of, a lot of room to grow, a lot of potential, but at the same time, that also means like, you know, if there's so much upside, that also means that maybe he doesn't ever get there. Uh, you know, it, it's just, I, I don't think it's necessarily a risk with him because I think he's going to be a good player, but I think that, you know, maybe he doesn't ever, ever hit that high, high ceiling that you think might be there. I, I don't know. I, I, I like Darren Lee. I think he's going to be a good, like I said, I think he's going to be a good player. Uh, I think the Jets have a really good defensive system. Obviously they always have. So uh, I think he's going to come in probably start right away. And I think, uh, you know, you saw there were a lot of similar concerns with Ryan Shazier, uh, maybe as there were with Darren Lee, and he's you know Shazier's yeah. turned into 
you know, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL right now. So I think that's an excellent comparison. And, and you're absolutely right. It, it, I mean, Chazier is not a traditional linebacker in the NFL, but what he does, he does extremely well. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers love that dude. I mean, he's, he's great. Yeah. It's, it's been made a lot. Like even when Darren uh, was here at Ohio state and uh, you know, was filling in, you know, after Shazier left, you know, they needed somebody to fill that role. And it was, you know, Darren Lee came out and, and I remember spring practice that going into that season, you know, he was out there running with the first team offense and we're like, who's that guy? And it was like, oh, <laughs> right. it's, oh, it's just, don't worry. It's the guy that's going to replace Ryan Shazier. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he actually was like a really good player, just as good as Ryan Shazier was in college. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, so Taylor Decker goes to 16 uh, to the Detroit Lions. Sorry, Taylor Decker. Um, that's a, Honestly, I think that's a mess. I, I think Detroit is. At least it's not the Browns, right? It is. I You know, but I, I got to tell you something. I think, the, granted, Detroit is not in the same kind of free fall that maybe some other uh, teams are, but I, I really I think there's some bad things in the future for the Detroit Lions. Matt Stafford just is not getting over that hump, and it's. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm nervous about that team. Megatron uh, retired. Decker, what's up? Megatron retired there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like it's it's just. Well, you know, I'll say this: it looks like a storm on the horizon. Detroit's line last year. Like I, I remember looking this up when I was researching stuff on Taylor. Their line last year was terrible. I think Stafford was sacked like eighth yeah. most in the NFL. He, yeah. You, know, it, you get a tackle to protect your quarterback because I do think Matt Stafford is is a good quarterback in the NFL when he's not laying flat on his back and and obviously losing Calvin Johnson will hurt any team but uh I think Detroit like you said they're 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 uh they're rebuilding a little bit and and it's not you know it's not one of those the most steady franchises in the NFL we'll just say that right uh Eli Apple goes to the Giants at 10 Mama Apple I'm sure will be very happy about that Mm -hmm. that he gets to play near home um, I like that. I, and I'm happy for Eli too. I, I think, you know, obviously the NFL likes the big athletic, right. You know, corners and Eli fills that role pretty admirably. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the dude. I don't know that he necessarily warranted a top 10 pick, but I honestly good for him, man. Like I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. I think that the, the giants probably reached a little bit for Like, I think that Eli Apple probably would have been on the board had they moved back. And I think I read somewhere that the yeah. giants like were trying to trade back, uh, but just couldn't get a deal done and ended up just taking Eli Apple at 10. And you know, I, I, Eli, Eli is a, a tough one to figure out because he, uh, he is, like you said, he's, he's kind of the new wave corner in the NFL. He's like six, one long arms, really fast can, can, can play, but like, it's super aggressive. Yeah. Too, right? right. Like he's not, yeah. you know, he's not going to like a contain a guy. Like he'll go for that. Right. That pick and all that other stuff. But he, uh, he was a good college player, uh, while he was here, but uh, he, he's another one, I think who has a lot of room to, to grow. And, you know, obviously you, you, you never question a guy who leaves and is a top 10 pick. Like why didn't he come back to school? But like Eli, I think could have, certainly benefited from another year playing corner at, in college. But I also think, yeah. obviously, if you're good enough to be drafted <laughs> in the first round, you go every every single right. time. So, uh, you know, I, I think he might he – he maybe might struggle with some NFL receivers as a rookie, but, you know, it, it, it's about – it's not about, you know, just the rookie season and, and all that. So uh, I think Eli could be a good pro. I, I don't – I think his ceiling is, is relatively high as well, but I'm maybe more sold on Darren Lee being a – 
a solid, solid NFL player than, than Eli Apple at this point. Yeah. But I both think, I'm I, think with you on that. I think that both can be good players in the NFL. Uh, I just, All right. I, I, I think I'd rather the safer bet. I think might be Darren. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, okay, so let's get to the the top two here. We got the big two that everybody wanted to talk about, and Ezekiel Elliott is with the Cowboys. I think that's a great place for him. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you something. I may not win a lot of friends by saying this. I'm a little concerned about him in the NFL. I, I don't know what it is. I know people are like saying he's the best prospect since Peterson, whatever. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily, but I just feel like the shelf life of running backs right. in the NFL is so short, and that dude, I, I don't know. I, I feel like his running style is not, and his, and maybe even his body type is not something that I feel is going to hold up super well in the NFL um, with the kind of contact that he invites. And I, he didn't take a ton of hits at Ohio State. And, and granted, that could be a positive, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about him, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I think. I think it's a really good fit for for Zeke. You know, I, I'm hesitant if I'm a running an NFL, you know, team, which I, I'm obviously not because I'm doing this here with you. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't take one day. I don't. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't take a I don't take a running back that early. But uh, I think I think Zeke's all around skill set makes him super super valuable in today's uh, yeah. NFL. But like you said, uh, I mean, how long do NFL running backs last in this league? Like eight years mate at max like it i mean they like, probably they probably average something like two and a half to three years. yeah like got somebody coming in if, i mean if, if you're a really good running back in this league in the league though like but you, you don't you don't play for 10 years you know what i mean and right one thing I, zeke zeke was relatively healthy his entire career at ohio state and they they used him a lot like he had he ran the ball for a lot. He had a lot of carries for a lot of yards. Scored a lot of touchdowns, and he he was able to to do that in college. I don't think they're going to be feeding him. You know, he's not going to be carrying the ball twenty five times no. in the NFL. You'll you'll get a guy killed that way. But you know, he's going to get twenty touches, whether that's you know fifteen carries and five catches or, or whatever it is. You know, he's going to take some hits in the NFL, and it, you're not playing. You know, you're not playing Purdue anymore. Uh, it, it's like <laughs> right. you know every every single every single week you're getting hit by an NFL linebacker, so and NFL defensive tackles. So like uh, you know, with any with any skill player, durability is always is always scary. But I do like Zeke's skill set. I like that he, you know, I, I like his running style behind that offensive line. Obviously, I think he's already uh, well well ahead of of where most rookie running backs are in terms of pass protection, which is usually what holds right. uh, rookie running backs. And that's actually, back. that's where I think he excels more than probably any other running back that's yeah. been taken so high yeah. is that he, his pass protection, his blocking skills are so good. Yeah. And that to me, like if you want to make him a first round pick and you want to make him a top 10 pick, that's I think where you hang your hat on. Cause it's, he, it's great at he can come in and play three downs right away. Uh, right. You know, people talked about he was the most complete, or most the highest rate of prospects in Adrian Peterson or whatever. Okay, that that may be they're different players because Adrian Peterson's a dude who lines up on first and second down and runs, you know, right. and then he comes off. He doesn't catch passes or anything like that. They have a third down back. You don't need you don't really need a, theoretically you don't really need a third down back with Ezekiel Elliott because he can go out and catch passes out of the backfield. He can stay in and pick up you know pass protection blitzes. So uh, while after you know carrying the ball on first and second down, so I do like his all around skill set, but a it's tough to to take a pick like that if on a guy who 
who you don't know how long they're going to play just because running backs don't typically last very, very long in the NFL. Yeah. All right, so last dude here uh, with the third pick, the San Diego Chargers selected Joey Bosa. And I <laughs> I love the fact that Joey Bosa is going to Southern California. Right, it's so perfect. Uh, it kind of seems like it was <laughs> yeah. always fated to be so, yeah. so that's great. Yeah, and, he'll fit you in know, I mean, it, Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, Joey, like, he was probably going to be doing pretty much the same thing on any team that he got drafted by. I don't know that that the teams are going to be asking him to do anything super crazy right. uh, that he hasn't really been built for. I will say that it's interesting that he's going to be paired with, um, you know, Josh Perry, just in the sense that they are probably looking for a certain type of player, at least in terms of size, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, because Joey Bosa is not a small person, but that depends on where you put him on the line. And I'm just curious to see how that's going to pan out, at least in terms of total defensive package for that guy. Just how much are they going to ask him to come off the edge? How much, how far inside is he going to play? And I don't know. I'm really curious to see how how he'll be used. I I think he's going to have a lot of success in the NFL. Some people thought he was going to drop in the first round a lot farther than he did. But the Chargers definitely saw something in him that, you know, I think a lot of other people did. Yeah, I I think like, like Zeke, I think his his biggest strength, Bosa, is, is that he's very well rounded. He's he's very he was very very good against the run as a defensive end at Ohio State, and he you know he obviously could rush the passer too when he wasn't being double and triple teamed like he was this past year. Uh, so yeah, and and he, but the, the the biggest thing is you know San Diego runs that three four defense. It's like where is he going to play? Uh, how is he going to fit in? It will be, you know, stand up playing space. Will he, will he be moved uh, in on a line inside, anything like that? I think you can use him in a, in a number of different spots, which I think makes him super valuable. And I think uh, you know, he was a, he was a dominating football player at the college. Level. Yeah, no kidding. I think, I think he could, uh, you know, I think he could, like you said, have a long and successful NFL career. Yeah. And there you go. Those are, those are the Buckeyes that have been drafted and a couple that weren't. And I, uh, again, I'm a Bengals fan, not necessarily by choice, just maybe by practice. But I am really excited to see how these guys are going to turn out in the uh, in the NFL, and it'll be fun to see and kind of follow their careers uh, as we go into the the next NFL season here, just to see how they how various teams squander their talents. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, we got to ask us anything. We got some questions. You guys can ask us anything by sending us an email to um, dubcast at 11warriors.com or hitting us up on Twitter uh, at 11dubcast and just spell it all out. And we've got a lot of questions this week, Tim, so I hope you're ready for them. I am ready, Johnny. All right, let's do it. So Greg Metz uh, is back. In fact, he titled his, his email, I Have Returned. So it's <laughs> good. Big news. Big uh, news Greg, podcast so far. Yeah. Uh, Greg said, after much traveling and meditation with the llamas in Nepal, uh, I have returned to ask the important questions. Okay. Uh, number one, when I stay at a hotel and use the gym, they have complimentary gym apples and a dish. Often they only have one good apple left. Is it acceptable to hide the apple in a clean place in the gym to retrieve once I'm done with my workout? And if not, what if we assume all the other people in the gym litter and don't deserve the apple like I do? <laughs> so, so, so Tim, Greg wants to know: Can he engage in a certain amount of subterfuge to get the best apple at the the gym? Yeah, why why not? You know? 
See, here's the thing. Do you even want the apple, Greg? Yeah. Do you want to get, like, ringworm and crap? Like, people are sweating and running their gross hands over, like, you know, rusty metal and stuff, and you really want to reach your hand in a dish of fruit and eat one of those things? Like, hell no, I'm not touching those. Uh, yeah. I'm not touching those I'll, gross I'll apples. I'll say this, Greg. I, I wouldn't touch an apple that was just sitting in a gym. Yeah, so I, I, exactly. That, maybe maybe that's for you, but for me, I'm just going to pass. And, and I'll, I'll eat the apple. Yeah, man. stay away from the right. apple, man. All right, his second question. He's got four questions, Tim. Oh, his second, <laughs> and his that second was the question is, <laughs> yeah, his second question is, how large should the fines be for restaurants that claim to serve mixed fruit but only put cantaloupe and melon balls in the dish? <laughs> I think they should be shut down and given an F yes. by the health inspector. Yes, absolutely. Close the doors. No one is ever allowed back in those restaurants. If they don't include strawberries and pineapple in their, in their mixed yeah, fruit bowl, yeah. then they, they shouldn't be a restaurant. Then they're just a lie. Send them all to prison, the owners, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Get them out of here. Okay, third question. Um, they're just getting weirder, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking care of my sister's dog, and he does not like his haircut. He has been referred to as a small terrorist, this is in quotes, by several, what do you call them, dog barbers, groomers, dude. I, I forget. Anyway, I cut his hair now, but it's a fiasco. What, do you have any advice for us? <laughs> him and the uh, dog. I what's that? Him and the dog need advice, not just not just himself. Uh, the dog. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your play, Tim? What would you do? Uh, don't ever cut the, the dog's hair again. I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> stay away from from taking your dog to get to get groomed or, or doing it yourself. I, I I don't know. Just. Uh, I want to know what kind of dog. It yeah, is. that's that's. It's, I mean, it really that really does affect my answer. Um. But in general, I would say tell your sister that the dog did it to himself. Yeah, just uh, and see if she buys it. And if not, just say you shouldn't make me watch your dog again. How about that? Yeah, just look what <laughs> look what you look what look what happens when you leave me alone. That's oh, right. Yeah. Sometimes if you do a bad job or a job bad enough, you don't get asked to do it again. Exactly, like cutting the grass. That's exactly. Be my play. Right. When I was little. Like parents would be like, "Go oh, cut the grass," and they would come back terrible, and they never asked me to do it again. <laughs> and, that's I think what I think what we're looking at here. Yeah, you don't get five dollars. Sorry, Tim. Oh, uh, I think I still won. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. A, darn this it. This is a long term. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Number four. Sometimes I feel like my life is a dried, crushed flower blowing in the wind without direction or meaning. How can I change this? <laughs> Greg. Tim? Greg, I'm sorry, man. That's uh, there's a lot of things you can do um, to, uh, to to brighten up your day. One would be yeah. one would be to read Eleven Warriors every morning. And the, the skull <laughs> session, nice. The skull session, I think, right, brightens up a lot of people's days. That would be the first thing that I would do. Nice. Um, Good job. I like that. And then, you know, there's there's plenty of other things. I think. Um, what do you got, Johnny? What, what, what do you do that brightens up your day? That maybe you. I don't. Life is an unending series of yeah. of pain and uh, humiliation. It's pretty so. much. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just sit away, deal with it. I sit away and, and slave at my computer and type all day, so <laughs> I don't really have much fun either. So yeah, uh, and that's fine. Yeah. That's all right. It's the human condition. Yeah. And, and remember, we're we're sports fans in Ohio, and we just kind of got to deal with right, it. Right. So. Yeah. So All right, so much, we've got. Some... It's pretty much what I feel like every Sunday when I watch the Browns. It's a crushed up flower, right. <laughs> life being sucked out of me, or whatever, whatever it was. <laughs> you're like, uh, you're like somebody pressed you in a, you know, a, a photo book, and you're slowly yellowing away with the years, and then eventually somebody's going to find you in the basement, 
of some deceased old lady's home, and they'll pick you up, and you'll just crumble into dust. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sounds pretty All right, we get next next question here is from Alvin, uh, our good friend Alvin, who we met at, at the, the bowling uh, the, thing. The bowling bank. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Much better bowler than I am. Yeah, I um, Alvin wants to know, how much longer will the Crying Jordan meme last? I'm going to tell you something, yeah. Alvin. It's never going away. Yeah. It's here forever. It's that I'll say this about that. Okay, I usually, like, can't stand those things. Like, yes. they, they bother me. But, like, there's something about the Crying Jordan where I just laugh. It gets funnier every time I, it's I laugh used. every time. And it's like the it's thought, so the thought, like I'm more intrigued by like the thought process behind all these people, like, and how quickly, like they've been planning them for like months, it seems like, because as soon as something happens, it's like instantly, like it's all. Well, there are definitely people who go into over. watching a sporting event thinking like, how can I how, use crying? What's Jordan? the best way to go about a crying Jordan here? We'll yes. Sit down and watch this game. Absolutely. And then like they, they, they produce these masterpieces, man. And it's instantly on the internet. And like, I, every time it seems like. I see one that I'm like, how, how do you think of that? And it's like, it's just so perfect. This is the culture that we're preserving for future generations right, to right, study right. and analyze who we were as human beings in the 2010s. So, uh, my favorite recent one was the crying Jordan and the Charlotte Hornets Hornet. Yes. Yes. That, <laughs> that was, killed me. that was good. And I, I could, one of my favorite, I one of my favorite nights on Twitter this year was, was the, uh, the night of the national championship basketball game when, Villanova beat North Carolina and Michael Jordan was there and like <laughs> right. it was like the epicenter of the crying Jordan meme because like yeah. he was actually crying and there was that one where he was like checking his phone and he looked down and it, it was the crying Jordan photo on the, on the phone <laughs> like that was just peak internet Beautiful. that was peak internet right there so so my answer Alvin is it will never go away and yeah. the sooner you embrace it the better my friend. That's right, and not only that, but you'll enjoy it more because it's it's just going to keep coming. And in fact, maybe because it actually is. Know, I've got it, it, it is like people who think it's not funny. Like I'm sorry, you're wrong. Yeah, you're in a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, Alvin attached to uh, attached to uh, hang on a second, let me pull this up. Yeah, attached to Alvin's email is a picture, and I just I just feel like. A crying Jordan face might might fit perfectly onto it, so we'll have to we'll have to think about that one. Okay, last question, and no one no one hit us up on Twitter, unfortunately. I guess nobody here is Web 2.0. But crying Jordan, the Eleven Dubcast Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Put it on our faces. Uh, this is from Mr. Juan. Uh, that's that's all he's. Re- Wait, hang on. Mr. Maybe there's a little... Juan. John Juan. John Juan. I guess. Okay. John one, uh, which coach is most more likely to be a future Ohio State uh, head football coach, Luke Fickle or Tom Herman? Uh, I guess nobody told John that Luke Fickle was that has happened. Yeah. But that's but let's let, I guess he's referring specifically to the future. So do you think Luke Fickle or Tom Herman have a better shot? Uh, should Urban Meyer ascend into heaven and you know? Uh, I think I think it would be Tom Herman. Uh, I think he's going to be. The next coach at Ohio State, whenever that may be. When, and it's going to be amazing. Whenever, whenever Urban hangs him up, which, you know, uh, with the way he operates things, wouldn't surprise me if it's, uh, you know, I'm not going to say next season or anything, but, you know, no. I, I don't think Urban's going to be coaching for his entire life. We'll just say he's not going to be. You know, coaching into the Bill Snyder, uh, where he's <laughs> right. seventy-five and on the sidelines. So, 
Probably not much longer after his son graduates from high school. Yeah, that's that's my feeling as well. I have no knowledge of that or anything. I'm just, you know, I think the way Urban operates, I think he wants to just kind of enjoy life too. And he's accomplished a hell of a lot already. And I think Tom Herman will be coaching at Ohio State sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I really hope so too, man. Unless, I love Tom unless Herman. Unless he lands like, uh, uh, unless he lands you know, at the Texas job or, or something here within the next right. couple of years, I think he, he, he's got his eye on, on a return to Ohio state potentially, which would be super interesting. Uh, I really hope the stars align for that. Cause I, I think Tom Herman is a boss and I think he's hilarious. And yeah, I just, I really want that dude to, to be well, a hit. Coach. Yeah, it's funny because like two years ago, everyone wanted him fired. Right, right, of course. And now everyone wants him to return to be the the replacement for Urban. So, uh, you know, a lot happens when you when you ball out at Houston. I guess. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So that's the eleven Dubcast. Ask us anything segment. Now, uh, I got to tell you something, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on and and filling in and, and giving us so much good information about the NFL draft and all that other stuff. It has been a pleasure talking you talking to you tonight about all this stuff. I actually have one last question for you. Oh boy. Yeah. So this is a a topic that we, I wanted to get a little bit more into, but I guess we didn't really have time, but let's say you were, you were a next level athlete and you're being picked for the NFL draft, which embarrassing social media snafu will cause you to drop 10 to 15 spots in the first round. Oh boy. Are you asking me for like a specific yeah, yeah. What would you do? What would I mean? Are, are you putting on a gas mask and bong or how, what? First of all, how incredible was that? Like, and just oh my god, like that was insane, unbelievable. That, that literally minutes that, that before actually he was that actually happened. Like, I thought it, I thought I was being punked when I was watching. Right. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, if you if you want to avoid a if you want to avoid going to a team and, and falling in the draft, I, I would suggest you know putting a a video on Twitter of yourself smoking out of a gas mask at a pong <laughs> three minutes before the draft starts. That that was just, that blows my it mind was, too. It was I mean, unbelievable. And then the, you might as well just seal yourself and like and, you know like hermetically so that you can't ever do anything or go anywhere or be a human being in any way, shape, or form because it's going to cost you millions of dollars. And that was like that was like the first time somebody had ever said their their Twitter account was hacked and like I actually believe them because who yeah. in <laughs> right mind would do that to themselves. So right. uh, that would be that, that will never be topped. I don't think. No, I don't think so either. That was insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. But you didn't answer my question. Tim. Uh, <laughs> what horribly embarrassing thing would, would happen to you to cost you tens of millions of dollars potentially? Oh man. I don't. What, what snafu are you most likely to get yourself into? Uh, <laughs> it would probably involve something at a bar somewhere. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe watching the Browns on a Sunday, where I just I don't I don't know, man. Uh, I usually stay out of trouble for especially now, but uh, I could definitely see myself just just making an idiot of myself at a bar somewhere, and somebody's got nice. it filmed on Snapchat, and and it's all over. It becomes just this viral video and. Uh, <laughs> just me doing something stupid when I'm kind of blackout drunk, but uh, that that doesn't happen. That's all right. The Browns are still drafted. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You can't get you could you could do nothing. Like there's nothing that the Browns <laughs> won't 
won't cross you off your radar. So that's right. And then two years you'll end up at Bodega and and ruining what might have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, Watching the draft when you were drafted two right. years ago. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think my my snafu would be somebody would take me like screaming to myself like about whatever crazy because I I do a lot of talking to myself okay. after school and when I've had a bad day and I think somebody would probably just get that on camera and I think I would probably require another psychiatric evaluation before anybody uh, would want uh, to drive. Here, here's what I I get when I'm driving I get like pretty bad oh, road rage. I'm aware of this when Tim. I'm by myself. I've heard stories. So I forgot about like. When I'm and when I'm by myself, it's it's worse. Like there will be there will be times where I'm just cool, but all of a sudden, like if I have any sort of time crunch and like people are driving under the speed limit, like oh, I get a little upset. I don't really know why, uh, but I, I do have like semi problem on the road rage. Like I never like you know I never do anything about it except just. Just right. complain about it in the car too. If there's people in there, then yeah. And but if I'm by myself, it's like sometimes it gets real bad. Like the other day, I was in my I I had to get back to my apartment to do something uh, at a certain time because I had a I had like a phone call I had to to be on or something like that. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. And like I, I was out on the road driving, and there was this person going like ten under the speed limit, and I was just like mfing them the whole time, like just for <laughs> for no reason, irrationally upset. And I'm gonna have Berm or Eric like film you. Next time you guys have to drive directors and back. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. It's going to be a lot of fun. The, the, the drives from Wisconsin and Penn State this year will be, will be the worst. And uh, I will – I will because I do the – I do most of the driving for us when we're on the road. Right. And when I don't – when I come back from Penn State on three hours of sleep and have to drive six hours back the next day, like, I'm not – pleasant i'm not pleasant person to be around so i'm excited for that yeah. we'll have to get that going uh see how that works so out that's that's my answer to your question that, that not, that's an excellent answer and i had forgotten about your, it your road it rage. i didn't know about it popped that into my mind when you said that you talk to yourself and yell to yourself so nice. that's what i do is i yell well i i appreciate the answer and the honesty and i also appreciate all the the awesome uh you know feedback and info we got from the uh the nfl side there so that's that's this week's 11 dubcast we did it tim it's over we did it, did it. the pleasure the it. pleasure was all mine johnny let me just well i appreciate you coming on and i hope uh all you listeners out there come back uh in late may here uh for our as we go monthly we'll do one later on this month, one in June, one in July, and then in August we'll we'll start ramping it up a little bit. Uh, but that's it. That's the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny Ginner. I'm Tim Shoemaker. And we'll see you next time. See you.